doing today? Shawty been back from early. I got that vibe that you wanted. Why you moving? Gonna make my vibe. What it says you going on this Monday? It's DJ Moose on the ones and twos. It's a little something, but we vibing. Every time I come around, I wanna go pounds. Nigga from the south When I hit it, I'ma make you feel proud Proud, yeah Every time you want it, I'm around, yeah You're my favorite picture up on my phone Make me like a wine, so you wanna bust it down, yeah Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, see me Bad damn booty like Winnie Take a flight to Santorini Come, let's go, come and get it Shawty been back from early I got that back that you want it When you move, you gonna make my funny Take me away on a journey Send you pretty like Casanova Ole Benny Saya, yeah Come on, ride on my jungle over Ole Benny Saya, yeah Oh, oh, oh Shate, you know I do for this I don't need nobody else Shate, who you? Yeah Open up Scott Boy's Moose Cut down spiritually It's the vibe we on today Yeah Rebellious of my ancestor Queen spends couple months with the lifers My Niger girl from Manchester Girl I can't FaceTime cause it's a liker I'm a liker but I won't wipe her If I'm proud of you, how about you proud of? He ain't my blood but he my brother He ain't my blood but he my brother Reason this, felt her Just to wait for the letters from the mailman Gangsta side with a meltdown A big bang for you, he could show that Send the mail up But the beef thing meet like a world yeah, yeah. You see a hair now Don't play with the kind When it's war, it's war Loaded up, they can't go too far Free of the guys, that's not behind us Free of the guys, they did it for the cause Slice in the grass, I can see hey, Make my eyes them bleed, bleed Can't call them family, bleed See me there in the street yeah. Ripple is my ancestor Queen spends couple months with their life pass African bag today. How y'all doing out there? Look, any weapon formed against me can't prosper. Imposter, I'ma fill him with lead. My best friend, like Tommy Lee Sparter, I'm in the Gaza, just trying to get bread. Oh the Chinese God. wanna take away Niger. Most future? of my people, they struggle and stress. Political corruption, I rise up until the reign of government left. Cost to be the boss, even on finance, the man couldn't afford it. 15, mummy found my shank and I nearly got shipped. I was gonna do boarding. I had a one light E from Pex and a 1010 euro, but babe from Shoreditch. <laughs> Text me and I'ma pay your father's mortgage Listen, I'ma pay your uncle's rent And if rap don't pay, then we would've been getting it off a of crack cocaine I don't know how man could chat so brave Little nigga, you ain't bad, no way I think me, women and Italian shoes Work well together like Maggie and Cube Pretty in pink, but she better in blue <laughs> Oh, yeah, they do. Jack in the, oh, what they do. Jack up, we 
bad energy, I give back to the sender. My life blessings must stand to Lagos. I gotta go back in December. Club full of girls, I'm tipsy or browning. Wanna whine on me and kiss me? How she make it clap is a mystery. I see a pastor say, Jesu Christy. I see a man say, Christ of Nazareth. I yo, I a pump pump. So I plug Dave because you know, you know I'm about to see him real quick. You about, to, you about to be fanboy when you oh, see Dave. You know the vibes. That boy oh, gonna oh, faint. You, know you gonna faint? Oh no, no, no. Absolutely. <laughs> that boy Moose gonna faint. He ain't gonna what to do when he see Dave. That's the way. Dave. <laughs> Have you been tried in that fire? I have bullets sing higher than Mariah and choir. Spend a lot of time trapping, now I'm trying to retire. But this shit runs in my blood and I'm the guy they require. Yeah, these guns don't bring nothing but prison and death still. All my niggas just admire the fire. Bro, squeeze any miss, but we admire a child. Finesse kid, you can never lie to a liar. Fred got the fire, I fire for days. I gotta write them in my notes, they'll be igniting the page. Grinding in cold nights, putting light to the flame. Now there's no flame, that can melt the ice in my chain. Yeah, I really put the ice and rice with the cane. Me and Santan, you won't see nothing like this again. It's my young boys again. I just really hope your block came with fire escapes. Affected the way I've been wired inside. In the fire, been tried. Affected the way I've been wired inside. You can hide or glide. I could have been deported That's the definition of a fight or flight You can type all you like I know about homeless immigration They took me from my mum's arms Fuck a gun charge, two swords, I'm a Ronin Blaszczykowski, I'm trying to score with the Polish Pain in my eyes Plans of me staying in a guy With a vision of this change in my life Crimes on the rise, hates on the rise Feel like everything but my mum's pays on the rise did you come through? That's the question. Affording a burner was never man's problem. Adoption, we couldn't find homes for the weapons. By the station, we got poles, no election in the fire, been tested. Before I had money, it was time I invested. Nothing changed, still time I invested. Watch game delicate, toot and car moon, there's money and skeletons. All I gotta do is point, they're gonna sever his head and tell him though that we're better as friends. Nights that I can't remember with some people I could never forget. Casa Cruz, it could bet in a shred. Don't make me call a young gunner on the back of a pet. Slapping a lead, civilians grabbing your friends. There's chaos on the main road, they call choppers and tents. All because of some shit that you said. I've got killers with me, killers with and they love me. They make a man's heart stop. It's shit fine, horrifying. I'm like Meeks, bro. Won't stop, can't stop. Yeah, it's kind of different when the fire's what you start from. Oh my god, is that the faces of the future? Welcome to episode 86 of the Face of the Future podcast. It's your boy Mills. It's your boy, man. So, Moose, what's good? What's good? What's good? What's good, brother, man? What's good? How you doing today? Nothing. I'm cooling. You cooling? Cooling. My man said, You about to fan out, fanboy out over Dave? Oh, yeah. You know the vibes, bro. Dave, Dave coming into town in two weeks. I mean, he in the U.S. already, but you know. is he like on his tour, album tour? Yeah, he's on his U.S. tour now. He okay, did, he did his he did his like his European and all that yeah. tour already. He did his European tour. He was he was in the U.K. Obviously, he did. Mm-hmm. I think he did Ireland and all them other places. I don't know all them other places he did, but what venue? What venue is he playing at? Or uh, when he comes out here, where you seeing him at? For Philly, yeah. I'm seeing him at um I think it's the TLA. TLA. Yeah, I, I thought he would do a bigger a bigger um. Then you that TLA obviously is famous for sure, but yeah, but he definitely, but he definitely gonna pack that joint out. He he's not he's not doing like arenas. No, not here. Not even. No, even, he, even no. with the African population like on the no, East Coast and stuff no, like no, that. No, no, no. In the UK, nah, he he has to do arenas in the UK, but he's not doing no arenas here yet. Like not, so he's not he not to the so he a tier below like Burner Boy and them. Yeah. In terms I'm, of like notoriety, I said. Yeah, I mean Burner Boy perform, performed. He um he performed on Thursday the twenty eighth. 
Um, that joint was that joint was fire. Um, yeah, because I saw I just saw a clip of him. Um, I think you had liked it. That's why it popped up on my timeline of him sounding like Madison Square Garden. I think yeah, was. he's in Madison Square Garden. He was like the first African. Um, they called him the first African yeah. artist, and he was like, "Why? Why do they always do exactly. that?" Exactly. So why do you think people do do that? That's a good question. Like, why do people always say the first African artist? But like, when Americans go to like Tokyo, Tokyo or something yeah. like that, they he never said say that. that. It's like. I mean, Trevor Noah, because it was the Trevor Noah, because he said that, and it's true. It's like people don't expect, like, Africans to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we've talked about this. I mean, we're going to get into it a little bit later, too. But it's like yeah. people don't – when it comes to, like, African-Americans and then when it comes to, like, Africans in general, yeah. like, the, the, the non-black population or not African population does not expect African-American or African excellence. Yeah. Essentially, I mean, they, they kind of ruined us. But, we, I mean, yeah, they kind of ruined us, so they don't really expect us to be – Oh shoot, he's selling out Madison Square Garden or in the UK. Oh shit, he's selling out the Brixton or the O2 Arena. Like he's not selling out. I forgot that shit in Sydney, but you you know what I mean. But it's like when they sell that stuff out, it's impressive to them because like, oh, this many people care about stuff that black people should care about. You know what I mean? It's like which, which is kind of like weird. It's ironic because how influ how influential like our culture is as a whole and how how many people like pull from it. Not just I'm talking about all different races. Oh yeah, from, like black culture, whether it's African culture, African American culture. You know what I'm saying? Things of that nature, or even like island culture, things of that of that nature. And it's like. Why do people have such a low standard for what we're able to achieve when we when our influence is, is so massive? I I think I said it like a couple of weeks ago. It goes back to marketing and how people kind of look at mm-hmm. non European culture. Like European culture has always been the this has been projected to be the standard, mm-hmm. even though it's really not. You know what I mean? It's like when you really sit down and think about it, like what's really genuinely special about European culture? I mean, I can't really, I can't really tell. What's you. genuinely, what's genuinely great about? I'm not, and I'm not saying these people aren't great, but when you think about like, when you look at how Africans have created, say, the stories of gods, when you see how they've created art, you know what I mean, tribes, things of that nature. It's like you look at the culture that was built in Africa, and then you compare it to Europe, and it's like, what, what in Europe is comparable to anything that we've done? It's like. Why would I sit here and say, oh, my gosh, it's inc- it's incredible that an African can do this when I've seen what Africans have done when they've banded together and did what they did before Europeans have even come to the country, to the continent and destroyed it. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, it's like, it's like, it's, it's weird because, like I said, Europeans have essentially told us that they're the standard. Like, but it's like when you look at the old school stuff, classical music, nobody listen to classical music like that. You know what I'm saying? Like. There's certain things where people are just like, bro, it's like yeah, that is, nothing that, special. Well, at that all. is that is kind of that. I'm now that I'm thinking about that. When you when you brought up the point about classical music and things of that nature, how it's, it's held to such a hard regard, high regard, but nobody I know listens to that on a daily basis. But it's ha- it's held in such a high prestige. It's like even if you go to a classical show, you have to dress a certain way because it's like, oh, you're you're the top of the top, or you're luxurious, or you're the upper echelon. If you're going to something like this, like, yeah. How did it become this facade that you have to? have to carry yourself that way if you're in that space when it comes to that genre of music. It's a culture. Like, they they make it so, I mean, obviously, like, when you know the stories of, like, how people composed or, like, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming, you know, you have the person go up there, do the recital, do their symphonies, things of that nature, and then everybody has to keep quiet so they can listen. And obviously, people understand that music is important. They compose the music and they dedicate their whole lives to it. But, like, that's, that's the most ironic thing to me, though, because it's like you have people that dedicate their whole lives to just saying, okay, Maybe instead of me going two keys up, I'm going to go three keys up, right? But then you have a bunch of Africans or a bunch of Africans who created a culture where it's just like, we just made the stuff off a feeling. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, I'm just going to just do this because this is what I want to do. Like, you know, because it's something that I feel. Not that, oh, my gosh, the, the C flat has to sound better than the E flat because the E flat is this. And it's like they went too much into the whole, like, specifics about it. And Africans just made stuff off of feelings. Like, we just effed around and just built the whole culture, and it's beautiful. Do you think Do you think that's one of the reasons why? Because our music is, is off of feelings as opposed to just so many technicalities to making something sound so either either structured and great as opposed to how we make music off of feelings and it still sounds great. Um so you're asking me do you think that the music like classical music is that way? What do you mean? Like are you saying like in terms of music are you asking me like people that construct music and take their time out to construct it, compose and stuff like that? What are you asking me? Like I'm trying I'm, to Oh, I'm asking like do you think that's why it's held in like a different regard because our music's made off more so feeling as opposed yeah, to I technicalities. Yeah, I mean I mean yeah, cuz they don't really understand it. It's like it's it's how do I say this? It's like I don't well, all right, we're here anyway. So <laughs> like when you when you really sit down and think about how like a majority of all the music that white people have essentially claimed as theirs, it all started from African Americans. EDM started from African Americans. Rock started from African Americans. Mm-hmm. Obviously hip hop, rock, blues, all, Jazz, that stuff. all that stuff. Yeah, but they took those elements and they said, Oh, we're gonna do it like this because, you know, it sounds better like this to us. It's like we have people like Elvis who came in and they took stuff from maybe I think it's Barry White off the top of my head. Cause I'm just I'm just free thinking right now. Like people who people who came before that and they just kind of monopolized the culture because it was a white man doing something that a black man did. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I was even watching. I forget what what um what network I was watching, but you know the song that goes in the jungle. Yeah, they showed the documentary how the guy went over there and it was an African guy playing like a drum, or whatever. Yeah. and they had him come perform, and he the, the white guy made millions off of that song, and it's, you hear it still today. Like, and that 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 um the man made no dollars. Like his fam- the, the show was about like how his family was trying to get like the royalties because he, he made the record and they came over. There's footage of it, all that stuff. Yeah. Like, and it's just crazy to me. If it, if there's one thing that I'll say, like the the white people have been doing well at it's been stealing culture from other people mm-hmm. i saw i talked about this briefly on julian's podcast sean trying to fire podcast like we look at stuff like the lion king right yeah the lion king is not an original movie it's never been an original movie people who know it's like they stole that from a japanese creator yeah. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and they made millions off of millions. it you know what millions. i mean and it's like we we look at that stuff and it's like it's it's ridiculous how like we come like they come they take culture and they make it as if it's this super great culture or they kind of put it in a way where it's like, yo, this is the stuff that you should follow. This is why, like, when we go into, like, other serious conversations about, like, the white man's religion or we look at conversations about why Africans or black people kind of look at our own religions, our own deity, stuff like that as super demonic or, like, super spiritual. But we look Mm -hmm. at Greek gods and we look at super emphasis on white man's Christianity as does superior religion For it's sure. like it becomes it becomes an issue you know what i mean and For it goes sure. back to the whole thing of like you gotta understand that most of these things have been indoctrinated in us to be um a, basically what i'm trying to say is that when it comes to white people white people have kind of made it so their things are better even though we took it from you in, in i know a what sense. you mean you know yeah what I mean? we yeah. talked about that la- la- i think it was last episode we were yeah. talking about religion in the episode before um, about how it's how it's put on a pedestal, like you're talking about religion, things of that nature. Yeah, it's put on a pedestal as over like other religions or the way we perceive things and things of that nature. And like you were talking about, um, 
stealing like movie ideas. I didn't realize how many Hollywood movies that that dropped in like America. They took the ideas from like like you said Japanese creators, Asian creators, whatever it may be, and brought it back home and just remade it and sold it as their own. Yeah, it's like people people really don't know Hollywood. The only good thing that Holly the only good thing that Hollywood has is the fact of every they have the technology to make their stuff look good and they have the they have the really really good organization right yeah. and like the groundwork hollywood is not the highest grossing industry movie industry in the world i think it's either nollywood or bollywood yeah i think i think bollywood is yeah like yeah. it's the indian movies and the nigerian movies yeah. like people don't understand that and i said this and it's actually funny cuz it's like bring it full circle i had an i always had an idea and i wrote this for class like when i was like a sophomore in, in college because Nollywood is such a huge industry and how much um and how much they make in terms of movies mm-hmm. now if you give them hollywood budgets yeah the type of movies that come out of Nollywood is going to be ridiculous be bollywood indeed. yeah but bollywood is at least somewhat organized so it's like mm-hmm. they have at least enough like quality where it's like people pay attention to bollywood films 100%. you know what i mean so it's like hollywood is not hollywood hollywood have always taken things taken things left and right from people and they've made it their own Granted, is it always good? No, not a hundred percent. You can kind of tell, you know. But so, so with that being said, um, who, what region do you think has the most creativity when it comes to like filmmaking and music? It's always gonna be, it's always gonna be Africans, bro. Exactly. Like, oh, it's to me, it's always gonna be, it's always gonna be Africa because we originated everything. Like everything yeah. comes from us. Like no, that's true. You know what I mean? But I'm, I ask that because like you're into like anime and things like that. And you're, oh yeah. So it's like they have a they have a big hold on like. They have their own culture, yeah. Your influence the culture and what you watch. That's why I asked that question. Yeah, no, like, don't get me wrong. Like, everybody has their own specialty culture that people are invested in. Like, I'm invested in anime because I've been invested in since I was little. And it's something, It it, like, there's a lot of other things that when you pay attention to it, it it really sticks to a lot of people. That's why they're so gravitated towards it, right? for sure. And so it's like, for me, it's like, yeah, everybody has their own culture. But when you sit down and think about it, it's like everything stems from African culture. When we talk about music, right? For me, we talk about people who are protest rappers or people who, you know, who are conscious rappers. Like, we don't talk about niggas like Felakuti at all. Like, never. And it's like, if you sit here and you talk about the stuff that he went through, like, you would think that, like, the way that we talk about stuff like Black Lives Matter that go on in this country, like, you would look at him and be like, he'd be like, okay, that's regular. Like, imagine you protesting against the Nigerian government. They kill your mom and they drag her across the street. Oh, no. Think, you, know, you think about that. <laughs> oh, no. You think about that. And that you can't do okay. nothing about you that. Can't do nothing about you get what I'm saying? And it's like, he did stuff like that happened to him and he sat there and he took it and he still made, he still made, he still made uh his mark in music. You know what I'm saying? Like when you sit down and you listen to his music, like when you sit down, there's a song called Zombies. When the whole situation I was going on with the um with with the N Stars movement was going on, mm-hmm. I, I think it's called Zombie. It was either that or there's another song. Time I can't remember. It. The song was talking about the same exact guy who's in pre- who's who's president today. Really? Yes. And that's people crazy. don't know that. That's, really, that's <laughs> crazy. Like and it's like when you sit down and you talk about protests, you talk about all this stuff. This all comes back to like it comes back to the place we all came from. So now for me, me being a little bit annoying, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be performative a little bit. For me to now sit here and now, from and now sit here and say, oh yeah, European people have better culture than us. No, I'm not gonna. I'm never gonna accept that nah. because the stuff that y'all do when y'all talk about protests, y'all talk about all this stuff, it came from the same place that y'all sat here and ruined. Y'all can't sit here and tell me nothing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Let me stop. Rant over, but <laughs> let me stop. Nah, I feel you. I mean, you had to get it out. You yeah, nah, I had to get it out. You feel me? But nah. Yeah. But so so just segueing into like music. Um, so future announcements dropping. His um, his next two albums. He's dropping two albums. He's dropping, 
I never one album t- titled "I Never Liked You" and the second album titled "Monster 2. I think they're are they dropping simultaneously back to back. That's what or? that's what they said. I don't think it's gonna happen. You don't think it's gonna happen back to back? I think he's just gonna drop one album. So what what I what I want to first ask you is: Do you expect anything new from Future no. in the music that he makes? Do you think it's gonna be the same old like toxic toxicity music that he's dropping plus hustle music, whatever? It is? I mean, it's gonna be the same thing from Future. I don't know if I'm gonna like them Drake tracks, but you say you don't know if I'm gonna like what? I don't know if I'm gonna like them Drake tracks. Did they, how many records did they have together? Two. Two. There's one with just him and Future, and it's one with him, Future, and Thames. So I don't know if I'm gonna like it, but we'll so, see what happens. So I want to ask you this because now we're on it. Like speaking on how Future um, continues to drop like the same type of music. One, how old is too old when you continue to talk about toxicity and relationships, things of that nature? And then two, and you can answer them on whichever one. Um, when do we start discrediting the artists when they start lacking evolution? I mean, future, future, a legend. Future, like, if it's not for future, tra- trap music wouldn't be where it's at. So it's mm-hmm. like future allowed to drop how he want when exactly. he want. Like, he, like, I think one of the things that we don't do is we don't give future enough credit for how he popularized trap music. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, Ti kept it the very stereotypical, like, the very stereotypical just rapping, but rapping. But it's like future brought the whole thing to a whole nother level. He commercialized it. He marketed it in such a way where it's like people like the trap stuff, not just because of the music, but because of the culture that comes with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like when you sit down and you actually think about it, future, a lot to do what he want at this point. Like he, exactly. he a legend, like, you know what I mean? So it, it, it's, so for him, it's like, yeah, it's going to be a little bit, to a point where it's like, yo, it is getting kind of old, but it's like it's the same thing with Kid Cudi. Like, Kid Cudi yeah. can do what he wants because he made half y'all melody rappers in the first place. You exactly. know what I mean? So it's like, it's gonna, don't get me wrong, I think it's gonna be a good project, obviously. Um, him talking about toxicity and relationships, that's his that's his brand at this yeah. point because, you know, he got like eight kids. So it's, he does for sure. So it's, it's always gonna be his brand, but it's like, will it be reinvented? We don't know. Well, I guess we'll see. We'll have to see. And like, speaking of his brand and like, his brand is obviously being in different relationships, uh, like you said, the toxicity. Um, so I wanted to pose this question as well because I saw it when I was reading based on like the future stuff and like the what he gives off, the influence he gives off to men and how we operate in relationships. Mm-hmm. Why why does the mass majority follow the narrative that monogamy is the way to go as opposed to having multiple girlfriends, multiple boyfriends, things of that nature? Because I think I touched on it a little bit nah, before. I'm, I'm no, not not in okay. this way, but like okay. my point. So it's like, obviously, when it comes to America, one of the biggest bags is marketing. If you don't know how to market in America or yeah. you don't know how to actually put a narrative in people's head, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Obviously, when you look at how America was built, America has always been built. You You grow up, you work. You have a family. The nuclear family has always been a thing. It's never been. There's never. It's always been to have a wife, have two kids, live in a picket white fence, this, that, and a third. Now, obviously, one of the biggest problems now is that people are not getting married anymore. You know, you know or what I mean. Or they're getting married and they're getting divorced. Yeah, they're getting divorced. People are having kids out of wedlock. So it's like one of the things is that people have been taught since a young age that yo, you get married to one person. Like, there's mm-hmm. never been other forms of relationships, and ideally, because once again. Getting married, when you look at the whole concept of why people grow up and get married, it's almost like a rite of passage, and it's almost like one of those like reward systems, and it's a status symbol. Because it's like, I've, I've said this before, when you get to a certain point when you're working in corporate, mm-hmm. you don't get to move up 
unless you get married, you have kids. That's why when you start to get into certain industries, when you're in business, people try to look for marriage. People try to look to have kids and stuff like that, because at a certain point, people view you as more responsible if you have a wife and kids. You think so? I don't know about that. They do. Then why do we see like a lot of the people that are in, like you see a lot of people, a lot of, I'll just use guys. Um, when they're at a successful position, they 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 have all the women. They they be single, they be bachelors, eligible bachelors. Like it, whether it's music, whether it's CEOs of major companies, stuff like that. Like you say, people look at an individual but, as 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 better if they're in a, in a in a in a have a family or in a relationship. I don't I don't know about that. I mean, I would take music out of it because the entertainment industry is a little bit weird in a mm-hmm. sense. But when you look at like regular people like us, if you've noticed, most of the people who are in the executive positions, most of the CEOs, the supervisors, all those people are married. Or at least they have been married or they're dating seriously with somebody. Like the relationship and the monogamy monogamy aspect is there heavily. You know what I mean? Because like I said, it's a status symbol. When you get there, I don't know why people just look at you as more responsible. For sure. You know what I mean? And it's like when you go and you start to understand that, it's like that's why a lot of these people who try to move up, they want the family as well. They want to have the house. They want to have all that stuff because when you go, it's when you're still working, you're still in a community. You know what I mean? You don't want to be left out. You want to be a part of a community, which also obviously elevates you into a certain status. You know, it does so. elevate you into a certain status in a sense of responsibility. I believe so. If you're responsible in, in that sense, but you still have the people when you talk about divorce, they're in a relationship, and maybe they get married too early because they had that thought process: I need to have a wife, I need a family, yeah. I need to grow to be in this position that you speak of. But then they're not happy. But when they get a divorce, it's looked frowned upon on the rest of the community because oh, this didn't work out. So does that? Make you less responsible for ending a relationship that you're not happy in, or is that make you more responsible because you understand that like this is not what I want, so I'm stepping away from that's what a, this is. That's a good question. Um, based on, I mean, I guess I'll just have to use my own opinion. Yeah. Um, I think that it, it to me, I'll say to me because of my upbringing, because of things that I understand and what I want, and things that I've had conversation about. I think it's irresponsible that people get divorces. How so? Because I think that. In the first place, if you are trying to even get into that status symbol of getting married Mm -hmm. in the context we're talking about, you should already know that you should be with somebody that matches your lifestyle or matches what you want to do. Like when you are if you're a doctor and you work 12, like you work 12, 14 hour shifts, you need to marry somebody that if you want to have kids can take care of your house. Or that can move around you. That doesn't mind moving around you. If you're a lawyer and you work 10 hours a day, you work 12 hours a day, you need to be with somebody that can work around that schedule, take care of your kids, house, whatever. You can't just sit here and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to go work with somebody who's who's also the same way or who's in a similar field as you because it's not going to work 100 percent unless somebody unless compromises. yeah, unless somebody compromises or you've grown up in a culture in which the sticking it out and just figuring it out works. Right. And it's like when people get divorces, this is where my own personal culture comes in. It's like I said that in terms of growing up and figuring it out, because that's what a lot of people in my culture do. Like my dad was an engineer. My mom was a nurse. You know what I'm saying? Like at a certain point. Very taxing. Yeah, very taxing. Like my dad was at a certain point. My dad was in the Navy. You know what I mean? And it's like my mom was working. She was working for the ambulance. She was doing ultrasounds, all that stuff. Ultrasound tech, all that. My dad had to my dad had to come drive me to my job to to have my mom breastfeed me. You get what I'm saying? It's like, there's certain things where you do, where you just stick it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, saying. and then we got to that point where it was like, yo, like 
where my parents are at now. You know, I, I get that part. So, like that aspect in terms of sticking out. I think that 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 perception, not that perception, but that perspective, in mm-hmm. in um example that you gave, I, I get that. I I can understand with that. And I, I'm not saying that's wrong. Yeah. But but if you're in a relationship where you're not happy and somebody you're with changes, their demeanor changes for whatever reason. And you aren't physically happy. You're just stressed out every single day, no matter what it is. I think it's okay to step away from something that that does not bring you happiness anymore. Because I, th- I think people, people will have the mindset that, like you just said, because of culture or whatever it is, that they have to stick it out no matter what because they look frowned upon or how people may view them. But I'm a person believe if you aren't happy in something, even if you were prior, because I think it's very possible that. You can be happy with somebody, be happily married to start something off. And then as you guys grow, whether it be you grow in your career, you grow in, in, in life in general, or you just see how somebody really is down the line and how they maneuver based on your growth or whatever it is, or just circumstances that may occur while you're in the relationship, shit just may happen. And, but, and that may cause a divorce to happen based on the circumstances that you guys encounter. But that's based off of the fact that if you're not marrying people who have similar values than you, like part of the issue with, I think a lot of people don't understand is that like, if I get into the whole Christian, if I put this from a christian perspective you get you can get a divorce but it's like the issues that you're marrying for the wrong reason like marriage is a duty right for sure and it's like people don't understand that and what a lot of people don't understand is that when you're doing a duty you're not always going to be happy doing what you're supposed to do happiness is a fleeting feeling like you will be happy one day right now because you know you're doing x y and z maybe you maybe you with somebody and she's doing everything that you need to do six months later she acting crazy and now all of a sudden it's like, I'm not happy with you. Now, am I saying that you should stick around with somebody who beats your ass? Absolutely not. Okay. But what I am saying is that if you're not, if you're not figuring something out, if you're not figuring something out, y'all can figure it out. And that's the issue. People are not happy because they feel like the initial stuff that they got in the first place has to stay has to stay the way that it is. And it's never going to stay that it's way. It's never that going it to stay that way. Because people change. But when you have similar values with somebody, you have the same goals as somebody. The issue, the issue at that point isn't the value. It's just how you guys communicate. And that can always be figured out if you guys actually work towards it. So it's like if you want to leave because you're just not happy at this point, like it's just that's an issue because you just don't want to learn how to grow when things are not. That's like that's the place where you grow, essentially, is what I'm trying to say. I disagree with that with that point, the last point that you made, that if you're just not happy, you don't want to you don't want to grow. Um like I said, barring different circumstances, like you said, someone beats you, you definitely should leave. But I'm saying, like, even if someone, you talked to one episode about someone not listening to changes that you would like to see them make to make the relationship better. If they're if you're, if you're trying to go with somebody and they're not budging or they don't want to grow with you, are you just going to stay around? Like, if you're in a relationship and you and your significant other is doing, your, your wife, your future wife's doing something consistent that you dislike, and you tell them over and over again, like, look, this is how it makes me feel, or I don't like that you do that, but they continue to do that, are you going to to you to stick around and just stick around because for the cause of sticking around but if you're not genuinely happy but that's my thing though the, the, the thing is at that point is like you're not happy because someone is doing something that makes you upset at the end of the day part of marriage that you also have to understand is that i'm, I'm not married i don't know if i'm getting married but that's the <laughs> point but if the part of the issue is that when we look at happiness we we look at happiness as an external thing because okay Sis is sis is cooking dinner right. She ain't burn my dinner. She didn't fart in her sleep tonight. I'm happy, right? But she ain't no gas yeah, in her sleep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What you doing if you're starting to fart on you? It's uh, <laughs> a very good question, actually. Uh, Moose probably tweak out. Uh, probably not, but I just look at you crazy. But anyways, I mean, but it's, it's normal. It's yeah, normal. It is, but it's like, uh, like for me, it's like 
if you like part of the thing with happiness um is like happiness comes from you like you can choose not to not you can choose not to be upset like you choosing you're choosing to be upset because your partner is doing something like half of the stuff that happens in relationships is that at a certain point i always believe that there's always going to be a level of codependency that people have but people don't really believe in that but what you have to do is just find a way to understand that that's on them like you can change and you can choose to change your reaction to things and we all know that once you stop caring about stuff or once you start stop doing things or stop reacting in a certain way with certain people they start to change anyways like if you want to change your dynamic for it starts yeah for the better or worse it starts with you you know what i mean and it's like if you choose to be upset because someone is doing something that's on you like it's really mm. on you it is on you. How? How is it on you? Because you don't have to I, be. I, I think it's on you if you continue to allow one yes to affect you, but you. I feel like sticking around sometimes is, is is. I don't know. I don't know how to. Is naive? Is ignorant? I don't know if that's the word. It's not. It, it's not it. naive because it's like think about it. There's probably today you probably went out and there's probably about five. I could probably guarantee you there's probably about five things that probably could have pissed you off today. Am I right? Am I wrong? Of course. But you chose not to be upset. Or is just something else was on my mind that didn't bother me at the time. Not that I didn't choose to. It's like, all right, at this moment in time, I'm just worried about this as opposed to this. But if I come back to this, it may still affect me if I think about it. Yeah, and so and so as a guy, right? It's like there's certain things that your shorty is always like. I'm I'm because of my because of my jadedness. I've I'm, I believe that there's always going to be something I'm that here for it. I'm listening. I'm listening. There's always going to be something that your shorty going to do that's gonna like that's gonna probably uh, irritate and you. Vice versa. Yeah. Yes. So my thing is that like at a certain point, you know that you like you should in relationships. Period. You should know that somebody's going to do something to piss you off. Now, whether or not that's a non-negotiable, I'm not saying well, that's that. That's human nature. Someone's going to piss. That's, that's, that's undeniable. And, and my thing is. At some point. I'm talking about reoccurring things, though. I'm dealing with this, and this is me looking he back. On, yeah, this is me looking back <laughs> on previous on previous relationships. This is what Moose has me weak. Like this we is me, this is me looking back on previous relationships. Like some of the stuff that you have to really sit down if someone continues to piss you off. Is like okay, like will this really matter in five years? Mm-hmm. Like will this really matter next week? Mm-hmm. Will this really matter a month from now? Facts, facts. You know what I'm saying? And it's like if for three days it bother you, fourth day you're not really mad. Fourth, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, like. After a while, it's not going to bother you as much. And me, if I'll say this, like part of my issue was that I expected people to not piss me off because I do a lot. You know what I'm saying? And for me, this is coming from someone who's like, yo, like, don't be doing that shit. Yeah. I'm realizing that I'm a lot more tolerant of stuff than I, can, than, than I normally thought I was. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, not because I'm allowing things, but there's some things that now when you look at it, I'm almost 30. Do You just look at shit and it's like, bro, it's like, yeah, this could potentially lead to something. But the reality of the situation is this. If they really care about you and you show that you just not caring and you told them that you don't like it and you just going to go do your own thing, they're going to stop doing it anyways. If you continue to show them that you're not going to allow them to affect you, they're going to look at you crazy. Because imagine now you say, yo, I don't like this. You say it three times throughout your relationship and you just don't even acknowledge it anymore. After all, they're going to stop because like, damn. They're going to they gonna think about it because, like, yo, he's not even going to argue with me about this no do, more. Do you think um, in relationships people do things just to get a reaction out of their significant other just to see if they can, if they know how to push their buttons? I think a lot of people do a lot of things to get a reaction out of partners, but I sometimes agree. it's not. I agree with that. Sometimes it's that. not intentional, though. What do you mean? I think I think that sometimes people do things that piss their partner off, but sometimes it's just because of their relationship dynamic or how they grew up. Like some people who grew up in toxic households mm-hmm. or have a toxic upbringing or just dealt with things when they're younger, yeah. do things that do piss people off. Me, not for nothing, 
I am a contrarian, right? And I'm the type of person who pushes. That's not always a good thing. Yeah, I, I it's get, not. I get in my sense like that too. Like when I'm when I'm talking to somebody and I know like a certain <laughs> a certain question or like just yeah. make them a- either answer the wrong way or, or fire them or whatever. I, I, I catch myself doing that sometimes. Like and like you said, not on purpose in a sense. It's just me. I'm a person that's like, all right, you tell me you feeling something. I'm gonna be like. So why do you feel that way? What made you feel that way? And they, people just have an extra to get mad because they feel like I'm questioning in there. Yeah. You, I do that. I did the, 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 there was one thing. I don't feel like I'm hashing it like that, but if there's a couple things that happened to me in my previous relationships, that was the thing. Like, and I don't, I don't ask questions. And I say this all the time. Like, I don't ask questions because I want to piss you off. Like, I grew up not being allowed to ask questions. And for me, I've always never been in a space where I just genuinely understand. But then once I know the why, I don't need to ask no more. But for me, when you're doing something and shit don't make sense, like I'm not even asking because I'm pissed. I'm asking like, yo, why? Like, why? why I, ask for like, under, I ask for understanding yeah. too a lot of times, and I'm not just talking about relationships. I'm talking about just in general, general yeah. Just in general, and it's just like I never understood the fact of like when someone says something to you and they expect you just to understand it off rip, and you ask something for clarity, why people get mad? Like it's pushback, as opposed to as opposed to like you just simply, all right, I want to understand what the root of this issue or problem or what you're saying is. As somebody who has dealt with that, like dealt dealt with that, and that was a big problem in the last relationship, is because they don't have an answer. Mm. Like it's like it's like sometimes it's really because they don't have an answer, or they just don't want to be honest with you. Like for me, like I, I'll say, like for me, like a lot of the stuff that I dealt with was situations where, like, I just want to, I like to understand my partner, so I don't overreact to things or I don't move in a certain way. Like mm. I, I don't like if you know me, you know me. Like I'm very laid back. Like I'm a very chill guy. It's, Contrary to believe in the pocket, I'm a very chill nigga. But it's like, for me, it's like when I ask questions, I ask questions to understand you. So I'm not going to move in a way that's going to piss you off or react in a way where it's like I shouldn't be. But now if you're not being honest with me or you don't know, it's okay to tell me that you don't know. Because if you don't know, then it's okay. We're going to figure it out together. I say that sometimes because you don't know. But sometimes you you know you're just not saying nothing. Oh, no, you could tell. And it's just like, I don't know. But... And then, and then, what was about to say? The last thing I want to talk about on this topic about just like, like divorce stuff and, and like the relationship aspect is temptation that's out there. How how do you how do you fight temptation in the sense of like when you're in relationships and you know like maybe somebody that look better, there may be somebody that that just appeals mm. at a moment in time. You mm. feel me? Like, mm. feel me? Ooh. <laughs> why, say, why you say? Ooh, ooh. I'm asking. Um. I'm asking because we're on this topic and it's like this is all part of a reason why somebody may. Divorce or want to leave this and want it to look frowned upon. That's, so, that's the root of the whole conversation that we started. Why somebody may leave. Um, people leave because, like I said, people think the grass is greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. And the grass is really not greener on the other side. Like, and if there's one thing that, like, my boy, you know, Mandela told me, like, one day and it always stuck with me because it's like, like, he just said it casually. He's like, yo, bro, like, for them, it's like, well, Toby, you're like this, but the next thing is going to be like this. And it's like, it's always going to be something. Always. And it's and the reality of it is that, like, you have to realize what you want and what you don't want to, like, what, you, what you're okay with dealing with. Because sometimes at the end of the day, it's really not that bad. And a lot of times with people is that, like, people people kind of just want to leave. People just want to leave sometimes because they want to escape and they don't know how to deal with things. And I, I just say, like, for me, I just, people don't understand. It's like, it's always going to be one thing. Or another. So dealing with like stuff like temptation, right? Like my boy, my boy who recently got married, like he's been married for like a, like a year. He said it. it's like, bro, like I bring my wife everywhere. 
or if I can't bring her nowhere, I'm staying my behind home if I'm not with my friends. And it's like you just have to hold yourself accountable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like that's the biggest thing. And a lot of times, like, this is why, like, men who are good guys, who are great guys, get mad at sometimes when they ladies be acting with them. Not, this is not me trying to bash women, but it's like sometimes like, the whole thing is like we hold ourselves accountable. So it's like why is it now the guy that you tell us not to worry about is all up in your face doing something stupid? You know what I mean? And it's like I'm just throwing stuff out there, but it's like temptation is not hard to deal with. When you understand what makes you tempted, you know what I'm saying. Like it's like, don't go to a club by yourself because you know Shorty's gonna be out there wilding. Don't go nice. to a kickback if you know that you. Yeah, if you fasting, if you fasting or you trying to live a better life, don't be around people who drink or do drugs or do none of that stuff. Don't, don't like, compliment no other shorty. Yeah, I mean you could compliment girls, but it's just like just cut why, it short. Why, why, why do women take it take stuff further if you give them a compliment than what it is? Um, like, oh, such and such try to holler at me because you say, oh. Oh, you look nice today. Because women, because women just, women, women have a grandiose point of self about them. Like, they always think that they're better than what they are. And so it's like, if somebody just compliments you, they're always going to think, oh my gosh, you try to talk to me. But it's like, it's not really that. Like, sometimes I really just like your shoes. Like, sometimes I'm really thinking, hey, I like your dress. Like, that would look better on my shorty. <laughs> like, so, like, for real, for real. Like, and speaking and speaking of this topic, um, this is a perfect segue into um the video that I sent you on Twitter um about the woman in the gym. She was doing the hip thrust on the on the yeah on the ground or whatever. And the guy yeah. came over the mat and's like, oh, this mat will feel better underneath. It. Feel better yeah. if you're doing it. She kind of like snapped on and posted it on Twitter. It's like, oh, this dude's acting weird. Da, da, da. That's my IG crush. Yeah, and then in the quotes we said like one of the people that worked at the gym was like, oh, that's the homie. He means no harm. We told him multiple times how this looks, but he hasn't changed. So. Thoughts like that in the sense of, one, is he wrong for doing what he's doing? If his friends told yeah. him that kind of looks weird, or yeah. is, is the woman wrong for posting it on the gram or Twitter like that? Well, I mean, you already know that ladies are going to be free to post stuff when it comes to stuff that comes off borderline weird. Like, mm-hmm. if a girl were to do that, she was not posting that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, but it's like because we're guys and guys are the bad guys. Like, you have to understand that like anything that you do will can and most likely will be put on the internet. Because even because even in the video it's like she posted like oh my camera's over he's like oh I didn't mean he put his hands up like oh I wasn't wasn't really mean nothing by it so and I see all these people in the, in the comments like oh he's a creep he's doing this this or that it's so, like I understand there I feel like there are hella creeps in like gyms and stuff like that there's the the issue the, the issue is that there's just unsaid rules in a gym mm-hmm. where it's just like you just kind of have to understand bro like one of the unsaid rules is just yo. Mind your business Thanks. and focus on your workout. Like, mm-hmm. if sis wanted a mat, she would have gotten the mat. She would have got a mat herself. <laughs> she would have got exactly. the mat her damn self. Like, yeah. unless you're working out with her man or nothing. Like, well, she don't, knows you. Yeah, she That's knows not you. not a friend or nothing like that. Why are you, in my opinion, like, why are you approaching somebody, approaching somebody like that in the gym? And that don't make sense. Like, how Edge has, like, the, has the, uh, the yeah. women's gym only where people, because... You know, a lot of crazy yeah. stuff be happening in them joints. And what I'm saying, it's like for me, it's just like I'm looking at it and it's like even even me looking at the video, I can understand why she upset because even the way you approached her, like mm-hmm. if I was a lady, I would be upset too. Like there's certain ways that you approach women in a gym, even if you just trying to help. Yeah. Like you don't like you kind of have to analyze what women are doing. Everybody want to be a fitness influencer now. Everybody want to do that. So you got to watch what they doing before you even think about doing that. Like yeah. you could have easily... You could have easily hit her when she didn't have, when she was doing her hip thrusts. Like, you could have easily hit her when she didn't have the weight on her body. You saw she was going to work out. So, yeah. it's like, you didn't need to do that. You could have came. just asked from a distance, hey, yo, you need a mat? I think they'd be a little more comfortable. Instead so boy literally walked up and tried to slide it yeah, up under bro, her while like, she was working. That was weird to me. I'm just like, Yeah, there's, there's unsaid rules in the gym, bro. And, like, you just mind your business. Just do what you got to do and call it a day.
Let's jump into the Face of the Future song of the day presented by MBT Network. Stop what you're doing right now if you're listening on, on Spotify, Apple, YouTube. Click that subscribe button, leave us a review, leave a comment, share with your friends. And if you like this episode, man, tell us what else you'd like to hear. Um, the Face of the Future song of the day comes from a rising artist out of Philly by the name of Aria Blue. Um, and the song that we're going to play for you is called Theory of You. Once again, this is Aria Blue, Theory of You. This could be so simple Instead you act so simple Just meet me in the middle If you only knew what I want from you Tired of you forgetting about the everyday You wanna show off but you won't do the Things. You think you figured it out, let me explain into um the Meg Thee Stallion interview that happened over this past week she sat down so Meg Thee Stallion um recently sat down with Gail in an interview on was on ABC I believe yeah, one ABC, of those good network. morning America, a- yeah one of the, one of those networks and 
She went through like our whole timeline. They discussed the Tory Lanez night of the shooting, things like that. Um, Meg was very emotional when it was brought up. Allegedly. Um, <laughs> he said allegedly. I gotta say allegedly. So, did you see the interview? I saw a part. I didn't. I just saw her crying, and I just yeah. I didn't need to see the rest. Why did you say that? Why didn't you need to see the rest? Because she's lying. Lying about <laughs> what is she lying about? She's lying about everything. Like the 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 thing is like, I don't. You're capping, like, and I I I bring this up and I say this. I don't like bringing this up because he needs like he he has nothing to do with this. But when the Chris Brown and Rihanna situation happened, Rihanna was not parading in the media, at least for a couple months. Am I right or am I wrong? You're right. I'm not trying to be in women's business, but <laughs> women that have been abused and have really been abused in situations don't go out and do things that would draw attention to them at least for a certain period of time when they've really been inflicted harm by somebody. Do you think she's trying to save face? She has or to. Ch- or try to push the narrative a different way? Like, what? what why, no, why do, why bro, she, she, it's a label thing, bro. Like, they're trying to use this as a way to project her career. Look at everything that has happened to Meg since. Meg literally got shot, not even like a week or two later, she was on a boat. Mm. Meg, Meg got, Meg got shot, and she got a deal with Revlon. Mm. She won four Grammys mm. for a trash album. <laughs> Dang. Like, and my thing is, and, and and why I'm so mad about it is because, like, my thing is, I said this before. Black women can let you know about a situation and give you a very, very good, accurate depiction of how you should look at a situation. Not necessarily the fact that 100% it's fact you should agree with them, but they should let you know about a perspective of a situation of how you should look at something. So I'm going to push back on that. So what uh-huh. about the text messages that her friend sent to the bodyguard talking about, oh, such and such, saw Meg, we need help, 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 da, da, da. They, they posted the screenshots. It was it was put in the... I guarantee the you that's cap. So you think the text never happened? But they tried proof of it. They literally... How's it cap? They, they brought it in... I think they brought it in and put it in evidence. So my thing is... My thing is... Like the text surface they brought up. If you interview. want me, if you want me to be, if you if you want well, me, I want, to be, I want to hear your opinion. That's what we're here. If for. you want me to be attorney, attorney moves, attorney moves that don't do that don't do nothing. Why doesn't it? Because just because somebody sent a text message, that could have been anybody. She could have sent that text message to herself. How many? How many? How many niggas do you? Nah, but they, I mean they have the, they have the number, and I'm saying like they they, they have, have yeah they have a they have a number they have her number whatever. But at the same time, like one, you gotta check the time because. When you look at the report, I can probably guarantee you that those the timing, everything was off. Mm-hmm. Second off, you're not gonna release you you're not gonna release text two, three, two, two years after this stuff happened. Two years after it happened, you're releasing text now. It has been two years. Two years now, you're talking about, oh, Tori said, I'm sorry. Like all this stuff is cap. Like, it's not even because of the fact I don't want to believe her. But yeah. my thing is that like when you look at this situation, it's telling you that yeah, Meg is a victim. This is what we, I think we should all acknowledge. Meg is a victim. 100%. But at 100%. the same time, the stuff that happened before that, you've just been making up stories. So do you think she can be a victim and be wrong about the way she's handling this situation? Yes. And it can be, it can, both can be true? Yes, because she's handling it wrong. Think about it. Like, this whole, situ- this whole situation has been Meg trying to go into formal TV and saying one thing, and you going on the internet saying another thing. You on the internet saying that you was drunk, everybody was yelling hot, screaming, this, that, and the third. Now you on TV talking about, oh, yeah, I just wanted to leave. I wasn't yelling. I wasn't doing nothing. You was out there saying that, oh, 
Uh, what what is what did she say? She said a whole bunch of stuff, and it's like, bro, before, we don't know the story. Said like her back was turned. Now yeah, now it's like now Tori was outside of the window shooting you. Like yeah. you, you say you was walking away, and he shot at you. He said, "Dance, bitch!" Like come on, like Yo, like come on, like come on now, part, like like it's all it's all cap. And why this makes me so irritated, right? And I don't like talking about this, but the only reason the only reason why I brought this up is because we're moving like. We, we've we've lived in a situation for too long where we've been told to believe women, specifically believe black women, right? And now at the expense of a black man, you're now sitting here telling lies to people. And you can't tell me that's because you're drunk, because you have a bodyguard, you have somebody else who could have told you what really happened that night, but you went on the internet the next day. So now I have cause to believe that you're lying. I have to. I'm, I'm, so you know how they have like the footage... Um of her like walking backwards and the police came stuff like that, like in that neighborhood, you would assume that every property has they have cameras, have bro. cameras, right? So why hasn't that like footage been released? Yet? It's been two years. Why hasn't it, like been released like to the public, whatever it may be? Because that's my that's the same question I've asked. Because my thing is that like you chose not to release any footage. Kylie Jenner has not spoken about anything at all. I said yeah, that's another good thing. She's yeah, said Kylie Jenner has not said anything about whether or not Meg was angry. Bodyguard has not said nothing. Kelsey has not said nothing. No, but the only person who and Tori is, stopped talking to. Tori's not allowed to speak. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So Megan's the only one. Yeah, and the only person who has been speaking has been Meg. And my thing is, is that what doesn't make sense to me, and I said this years ago, why is she talking when you are in court? I never understood that either. Like if you know, if you know, if you know what happened, yeah. if you know what happened, and you stand on your truth, you know that you're not lying. You have nothing to talk about, but yeah. you are the only one who keeps talking that, about that's, this. That's kind of the question I kind of pose too: is like, why are all these like, not all these? Because this is an interview she had. I mean, and she talks on Twitter, she talks on social media. Not that she's not allowed to, but if you're on trial, not on trial, but if you're in a court case battling whatever you're battling, why are you? Why are you out in the public um, speaking when it could hurt your case? That's the biggest thing that I've been trying to figure out. And the thing is, like, my, my thing is, is that if she's st- if she's talking, I think that at the end of the day, she's trying to win the court of public opinion. And mm. if you're really trying to win the court of public opinion, that's telling you something. That That's telling you something's off about the case. Can public opinion win you cases? Um, I think it can. I mean, it did with, it did with George Floyd, but, like... It can, it's possible, but I, I think that that's what they're trying to do now, and it's like I think that it's nasty, and I think that if Tory Lanez goes to jail, and if any report comes out that Meg is lying, if I'm Tory, I'm suing. I think that that's going to happen regardless. Yeah, no, more like the, the reality of the situation is that this court case is not going the way that they really wanted to go. The only thing that really happened out of this was that Meg got her bag, but the reality of it is that there's a whole bunch of information we're missing, and when it comes out, it's gonna ruin Meg, and it's so? gonna it's gonna ruin her because my thing is that like, met like I said this before, if you're a music artist, people only will tolerate you as much as your music is popping. I don't, I don't think it's gonna ruin her the way you think. Even if say say it does come out and then she she's lying about it, I don't think it's gonna ruin her the way you think it will. Why? I think she's almost propelled herself into a status of like. How we talked about Nikki with her husband and things of that nature, where stuff she, they do stuff mm-hmm. that maybe the masses don't appeal, but her following mm-hmm. is big. Enough. You don't think her following is strong mm-hmm. enough? Mm-hmm. You don't think her following is strong enough yet? No, no. You think if some the reports come out that Tory Lanez is innocent, Meg's career is done. If if it comes out that Meg is lying, her career is done. That's all. I mean, if he, if, if Tory's innocent, she has to be lying. I mean, that's not necessarily. What you mean? 
she doesn't have to lie, but the court just proved, I mean, Tory Lane's defense just proved that it just wasn't him. So, like, he could still have done it, but just, like, technically the court says no. But all I'm saying is that if the court comes out and says he's innocent, later comes out that they lying or whatever, this, that, and the third, it's going to ruin Meg because Meg Meg has not have a Meg does not have a solid music career. Meg, this sounds bad, but Meg is more I of a... I think she has a solid no, music she career. Don't. She is more of an Instagram influencer than she, she is a rapper. I, th- I think she has... Did you not hear her 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 joint that she just out there Coachella? What the Plan oh, B joint? She was rapping, rapping. Okay, that's fine, but put, but <laughs> she was. You can't even deny she was half rapping. Yeah, but at that, but what I'm saying is that think about like, and I wanted to have this conversation. We we we. So my thing is is that a lot of a lot of new music today, people like it doesn't hit the way old music hits. I Nikki, can agree like, with that. Think about this, Nicki Minaj. As much as I'm pissed at it. Nicki Minaj has done and said whatever she has wanted, mm-hmm. and she's not gonna. She, nothing is gonna happen because at the end of the day, all she has to do is drop. All they have to do is play itty bitty piggy it's all in over. the club. <laughs> Nobody gonna care. There's no song, and it sounds bad for me saying this, but there's nothing that Meg can do right now or drop right now where everybody's gonna forget the fact that she lied. Think so? Yes. She doesn't have that power that Nicki Minaj does. I think that if that record drops that they played, I don't know. Nah, bro. It's not going to hit. It's not going to hit. I think it's going to hit. That song's going to hit, bro. Nah, I don't the think snippet so, she played at, The snippet she played at Coachella, bro, that joint is going to hit. They was already, I was looking at the socials. Them, when is this drop? We need this joint for the summer. They was going crazy. Yeah, they, they was, was going, going crazy, crazy on the social, but I don't think that it's going to stick the way that you, no music sticks nowadays. Music doesn't stick nowadays, and that's the biggest thing that you, you have. You said music doesn't stick? Music doesn't stick. New music does not. So stick none of Meg's there. records ring off in the club right now. I'm no, I'm not saying it doesn't ring off in the club, but what I'm saying is that that's that's just what it does. It rings off in the club, like it's like it's a DJ Khaled effect. Like the whole hot girl summer is like, <sighs> yeah, that's a marketing thing. Not it's that's, a marketing thing, but her music still. Like, what did they come from? The music, but it comes real from, hot girl shit. It come comes on from, now, yeah, it comes. Ooh, real hot girl shit. But the whole marketing that she put behind it is the actual movement, not For necessarily sure. the fact that it's the it's the song. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's more about the fact that she marketed Hot Girl Summer or I'm a Hot Girl, not the fact that the song projected it. Like she could have said I'm a Hot Girl, this, that, and the third, and left it like that. The point is, what I'm saying is that like I think that with Meg, Meg doesn't have anything right now. If she were to come out and find out she was lying, that is gonna help save her career. Okay, I'm interested to see though. I'm definitely interested to see. I'm not. At this point, I'm interested to see. I want to see how this court case plays out. I am. I'm 100% intrigued to see what happens just based on the narrative and dialogue that's happening, especially just not on a large scale, but just within the community about that narrative about believing people. How oh, yeah. it's you feel me? Like, I feel like if it goes one way or another, it's going to be a, a telltale about what really like transpires within our community and talks in terms of like believing people. Oh, like, yeah, no, not definitely. But I just, it's just it, it like since ever since that she's been on Twitter talking, doing all this stuff, it, it was just weird to me. Like, you don't need to be on Twitter for the court case, and now you letting Twitter decide. Free speech, I guess. But it's like yeah, word to Elon. Yeah, word to Elon. I guess. But it's like it just doesn't make sense to me that you're trying to win the court of public opinion via Twitter. Yeah, you know. But it's like, like you said, I guess it's free speech. I guess. But speaking of Twitter, so over this week, since our last episode, it was announced that Elon Musk put in a bid for to buy Twitter. And Twitter accepted his bid for what was forty one billion dollars, I think it was forty four, forty four billion dollars. Um, and then I, heard, I don't know if these reports are true. On the back end, they said Elon might not go through with it, but that's here nor there. But if Elon doesn't 
fact take over Twitter, running it, and things of that nature. What What do you think is going to happen to the Twitter platform? Wait, if if Elon were to buy it, yeah, if like he become if he buys it, owns it, what? Do you, one, I think, do you think it's going to go private, stay public? Like, do you think one, the, the app's going to change, going to be obsolete as a whole, or what? I don't think that he would buy it, because Elon, Elon Musk says a lot of things, and he just doesn't do it. Yeah, yeah, fast. But it's like, if he, if let's go, let's let's make it fun to say he does buy it. So, yeah, let's do that. It's it's going to be the same thing he does with Tesla. He's not buying, he like, the, the whole thing, the, the money for him is not in the actual app, it's in the data from the app. Like Tesla, like people don't understand that Tesla is going to be very profitable because they're selling the data that they get from the driverless cars. They're selling, they're selling the algorithm. They're selling, they're selling the data they receive from their driverless cars. Mm. So now my thing is that if you buy Twitter, it's easy for him to now make a deal with whoever and just say, Hey, I could sell you all this data for say conservatives or, um, liberals or say, um, Rappers or yep. music, whatever, like it's gonna be easier for him to sell the data for Elon. Now the money is in the data, not necessarily him. I think that's the for stuff. everybody now. It's it's in the data. I think like that, like you said, the apps and the and the and the businesses are essentially just ways for everybody to collect data. So data, so that when they move on to the next thing, or if they want to sell it to to give information, um, like whether it's whether it's for campaign runs, like you said, for marketing or whatever it is, that they can do so. Yeah, but I mean that the but the thing is that happens with that is I think that. There's a the thing is is how do you I guess what I'm trying to say is that yeah everybody's in it for the data but there's mm-hmm. there's certain people that know what they're doing like 100%. at least with Elon Elon understands where this world is going right especially with cars he sold his he's selling Tesla's AI stuff and all the other stuff mm-hmm. my thing is if he were to buy Twitter he's going to do the same thing it's moving into a very everything's becoming very ad based i.e. marketing. Um, and everything's becoming. I, I like and I hate it at the same time. I actually don't like it because it goes back to my whole thing about music. But um, yeah, if he he's gonna sell the data, it's just and it's that's just the reality of it. Twitter's not gonna be as great as you think it's great. He'll probably remove all the bots, all the other stuff, all the annoying things. But like in terms of actually seeing what it's what we're doing, like he's not gonna care about the app. He just cares about the information he's getting from that. So so what's this free speech stuff that he's talking about that has everybody up upward? Like I saw I saw. Um, Sean King, he tweeted something about um, free speech, and then you mean Talcum X? <laughs> What'd you call him? Talcum X. Why you call him Talcum X? Do you because do you see what he look? Do you see what he look like? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this man says Talcum he, X. Do you see what he look like? Oh my, that's real boost. But nah, he tweeted something about free speech. Is that gonna be the same if you like if you make uh, what was it anti-Semitic comments something like that? And he got backlash for that. And so, what do you think people? mean when it comes to free speech like one do you think free speech is really free speech no. do you think we should have be able to have to say whatever the hell we want to say on, on, the, the first amendment says government shall not infringe upon free speech government shall not imp- imp- imprint what, what did i just say infringe. infringe upon free speech the government is not allowed to sit here and control what you can and cannot say the government cannot control what you can and cannot say. Private, I sound like Dr. Umar Johnson. Private, right cor- private corporations can. Private corporations are free to do and tell you and say you can't say this shit. Yeah. That's the reality of the situation. People just yell free speech, free speech. And to, and to a point, they got a point, yeah. But Twitter had a right to do what they did. Yep. The issue with what Twitter did with Donald Trump is it looks bad because you only did it to Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Not for nothing. 
a lot of the a lot of Boko Haram, Boko Haram, a lot of the Middle Eastern terrorists, um, Al Qaeda, all of them, they're all on the internet. Yeah. But you don't you don't do nothing about that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like there's a lot of people who are on the internet who have said anti-Semitic comments. There are people who are on the internet that say things that are very destructive. You know what I mean? So it's like for you to cancel Donald Trump and remove him from Twitter permanently, it looks away. Well, we're, I was watching the Jack. Speaking of that, I was watching the interview about with Jack Dorsey about that. He said his his account didn't say he deleted. He got deactivated. Yeah, they deactivated it. He can't reactivate it. Why? Oh, I don't know. Exactly. But yeah, that's I don't that's, know. that's the point. Like. Yeah. Y'all did that for what reason? Because yo, because there was a narrative running around that he is promoting hate speech. He is inciting this. He is doing this. But it's like, yeah, he is. But at the same time, it's like, this goes back to what we said about Astroworld. If Travis Scott plays no bystanders, yeah. I'm not going to jump around and start a mosh pit because I'm too grown to be having mosh pits <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a damn concert. Yeah. I'm just going to go to the gym and try to bench bench 230. Mm-hmm. Like that's That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. How you re- how you respond to what other people do is on you. Fact. You know what I'm saying? So it's like for them to now remove Donald Trump. I'm not saying but Donald. Are you, are you responsible for inciting how people react though? Because there's just laws you can get you can get in trouble for inciting riots, stuff like that. So it's like, yes, you have free speech, but the consequence comes that if you say certain things, that cause the cause and effect thing is what we're talking about here. Yeah, there's there's always going to be a cause and effect, but what at the end of the day, it's. You have to understand that even if there is a cause and effect, like, yeah, let's say he did cause it. Nobody asked him to finish it. And I don't support Donald Trump. I'm just saying that people people will move the way that they've always people will move the way that they've always wanted to move. They just need the inspiration. Like you just have to have the right environment. That's why I say it's like even with what I said with relationships with Will and Jada, it's like, yo, Jada was never responsible for what Will did, but she definitely created and nurtured an environment in which Will's going to feel insecure enough to feel like he has to smack Chris Rock. So how do you feel about, how do you feel about like, because uh, we're, t- we're talking about Donald Trump, or we'll just keep saying on the politicians or people that are in that realm. How do you feel about people, like people spreading false information I, that are supposed to be, that are supposed to be credited people? Um, expand. So say you have a reporter that, that, post something that's invalid, like say a report drops and they say, oh, such and such did X, Y, and Z, but that's not what such and such did. But they reported it anyway to push a narrative. That is libel. You can go to jail for that. Or you can but, but, we see, but it happens all the time. Um, it happens all the time. You see you see, you see, see what I was like, TMZ, the report stuff to push a narrative, things of that nature. And it's just like, they're quote unquote accredited publication, but you see stuff that's false all the time. Yeah, that is false information that people don't want to go to court because going to court is annoying. But it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, a lot of time you're spreading, you're spreading libel, and you, you like that's dead illegal. I mean, if you're spreading false narratives, like sometimes, like you have to understand how you're doing the na- narrative. If you're now saying it as an opinion piece, there's a difference. But now, if you're now using this as a okay, this was fact checked by a journalist, that's a completely different situation. And I think people need to understand that. Like you can't go out. Like for example, it's like. Reports say that the Lakers are blaming are blaming LeBron James and AD for bringing Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. As reports, you don't know for a fact. Like, and as long as nobody says nothing, it's still a fact. But now, if if say Bleacher Report comes out and says they talk to people or said they talk to somebody specific or they talk to um, Rob Palinka and he specifically said that. Yeah, that's liable. You can get sued. Mm-hmm. That's why it's always reports because now oh, somebody say allegedly. Yeah, allegedly, okay. Because now, if you confirm that it's a hundred percent true, mm-hmm. that's how that's where the money comes in. And yeah. so it's like people who spread false information, 
there's a difference between spreading false information and starting a narrative. And I think a lot of times when people are looking at news articles, things of that nature, they're spreading a narrative more than they are trying to tell you facts, I guess. Well, that makes sense. And then that comes to, as we keep rolling into to this free speech and, and facts versus fiction and just how people react to certain things. Oh, gosh. So we're going to jump into <laughs> Kyrie oh, and Stephen God. A. Um, so recently, right before we jumped on air, Kyrie put out like a, a, a string of tweets um, along the lines of, all the stuff he says is directed at the puppet master, not the puppets. He took shots at the media and, and people in the media that pushed, like we're talking about false narratives, um, to, to start narratives um, towards him, things of that nature. And then Stephen A., he during the draft on first take, um, he directed um, his comments at Kyrie, said tomorrow first take, he has something to say for Kyrie because he took it to a place he should have took it. So one... I want, I want to get your opinion on Kyrie because I sent you the tweets and, and what he said. And if you want to, if you're listening and you want to see what he said, just go to his page and look at the tweets on what's today's date, uh, the 28th, April 28th. Um, a lot of these media corporations make their money by degrading black, African, and indigenous community heroes. Mm -hmm. They thrive off of it and then sell it back to us by having a hand-selected person or groups spark controversy about them for the world to see. Yep, and, he, and he's referring to people, and he, his shots were directed at people like Stephen A. Like it was kind of, it was kind of like give or take. You feel me? Without saying it, the people in the media, and, and and we've had conversations about Stephen A. Taking it too far. Even he made his comments about Ben Simmons last week, saying <laughs> saying a whole bunch. He, he, he went kind of crazy on the bull. You know what I'm saying? He went kind of crazy on him. So, so my first question is, what? How do you feel about what Kyrie said? That he just the wrong messenger. Why is he the wrong messenger though? Let's talk about that. Because Kyrie is Kyrie is collecting money. Okay. Kyrie's doing this because people are talking about him about the fact of he decided to play part time basketball. He got an opportunity. He had okay. Let me put it like this: Kyrie Irving has an opportunity that not many people get. Okay. You are playing in the NBA, and your career has lasted more than five years. Yeah. You are now. In a space now, you've already collected sums of money to the point where it's like you don't care. Mm -hmm. You're still collecting money. You mm -hmm. didn't want to take the vaccine. You brought people to come and play with you mm -hmm. to play on your team to help you win, and you're not even there. So now how do you, as somebody who rallied the troops together, disappear and say, eh, I'm feeling away. I'm gonna take I'm just gonna take a day off or I'm just gonna disappear and come back when I feel it's like you brought everybody to deal with your BS. You get what I'm saying? And then it's like now you come back. You not even you not even playing up to par. Granted, I get it. It's Ramadan. You know, Iftar breaks during the game. I give you that. But even still, at that point, it's like you not even doing the stuff that you needed to do throughout the regular season for them to even do all that stuff. But but my thing is, when it comes to Kyrie and you saying he's the wrong messenger, I mean, he's the I, wrong messenger. I, 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 I can't say he's the wrong messenger because Why? I mean, what he, is what he said wrong? No, it's not wrong but about it, what but, he's but, saying. But I'm saying though, mm -hmm. in, in the sense that. I don't think he's necessarily the wrong messenger because he's had this stance for a long time. And then, like I said, when we talked about how the media pushes narratives about what type of person he is and this and that, we don't know that. But my thing is with Ky the issue with Kyrie is that Kyrie tries to make this Kyrie tries to make himself seem like he not doing nothing wrong or he, the what media. Is he done, what does he do wrong? No, let me finish. He's not doing anything wrong or he's saying something or he allegedly says something that we end up finding out was true in the first place. The stuff that he said about LeBron, the stuff that he done when he was with the Cavs, all that stuff was, oh, that's not true. You don't want to believe everybody. Then you find out later that it's true. It's the same thing here where it's like, yo, you're, you're saying this because people are coming at you because you move in a way where people don't understand where you fall 
on things. We see that, yo, you went to the Celtics, you talked trash, you didn't acknowledge them, you didn't talk to them, and all of a sudden, oh, you don't want to hear that, you don't want to pay attention to media. Then you find out that it's true. So now when people are looking at you, it's like, yo, like, what are you really on? Like, you're making it seem like everybody just attacking you for no reason. It's not that, bro. It's the fact that you don't own your stuff in the way that you should. That's it. You're talking about in terms of his, his actions? He's in, he is, yeah. I get that he should own up to his actions for sure. But I'm talking about more so on his stance in, in, in like, the policies and stuff like that. Like, when the, like in the bubble, like when this bubble stuff was happening. People were giving backlash for that when all the George Floyd stuff was happening, pooping and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, they were still giving backlash for that stuff. Because he went and did it without talking to anybody. Did what? He went, the, the story, the issue with the bubble was that Kyrie Irving went out and decided to say, I'm going to go tell everybody, don't play basketball. We can start our own league. But you didn't even talk to the president of the Basketball Players Association. Why does he have to talk to the president of the Basketball Association to say what he wants to say? Because my thing is, is that if you're. That's like, that's like me. That's like me telling you, you have to talk to me before you want to say what you want to say. No, 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 no. That's, that's different. Because oh. you, because if you're telling, because put it like this, you as a person who is in charge of an organization mm-hmm. who's supposed to be talking to the owners for your play, for the people that you are in charge of to get paid, you all have to be on one accord. Like you are in, you're the vice president of an organization mm-hmm. to help people like you get paid. So now when you just now out here saying, oh, yeah, nah, don't play, that creates a bad relationship with the owners. I get that. And what I'm saying is that if you're going to do something where you're going to tell people, hey, let's just do this, you might want to speak to the person who's the president of that so at least he's ahead of that and he knows how to move with the rest of the players. I think maybe, but my, my, my thing is this, like, maybe, and this is because I don't know how that situation went down. Yeah. I just put a hypothetical based on, like, the scenario that we yeah. just spoke about is what if... What if the, he those conversations were had and and they just didn't see eye to eye on how things should be handled? So he went out and said it regardless. But my thing is, I'm sure, I'm sure that con- when the bubble was happening um, and the, all the, the George Floyd stuff, the marching stuff was happening, I 100% guarantee all them conversations would be had. Like, you can't had, tell me everybody didn't talk to everybody about whether we're going to play or not, whether this is they the right. They did, time but in. they so, did and they agreed to that. But what ended up happening now was. When I forgot who it was. It was somebody um in Milwaukee. That's mm-hmm. why the that's why the Bucks didn't show up to the game. Yeah. They all stopped. They all went to get they all got together. They all got together. They went into a room called President Obama. Why? I don't know. That was pretty I just, whatever. <laughs> but they went and they did something together. The mm-hmm. issue with Kyrie is that Kyrie moves in a way where he just does stuff and then he just lets everyone else have to pick up the pieces. And for somebody, if you're the vice president of the National Basketball Players Association, Mm -hmm. that's not fair to the people that you're in charge of. Because now, let's say, for example, Kyrie was the only one. Let's say Kyrie was the only one who said he wanted to play and everyone else said they didn't want to play. Now, he looks wrong for saying that because but, now everybody has to take that into consideration. But my thing is he's not the first person to say that we, 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 can, we can have our own leagues and do this, this, and that. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that Kyrie went – I guess what I'm trying to say is that Kyrie went about it the wrong way. Okay. And the issue with what Kyrie did is that the issue with Kyrie is that Kyrie moves in a way that when he – it comes off as if he doesn't get what he wants, he moves in, he moves in a way that kind of annoys everybody and everyone else has to pick up the pieces. And I think that's what's irritating to not even just Stephen A to everybody. And to go back to his tweets. But is Stephen A the person to, to, to address Kyrie? Stephen A is not the person to address Kyrie. But the issue, but the thing is what I respect about Stephen A, and he said this on first take, and I'll give him this. Stephen A, the, what people kind of don't understand about Stephen A is that Stephen A is very much critical of African Americans, not because of the fact of like, oh, 
he's critical of them, but it's like, bro, it's kind of like my stance. You're getting paid and you have the opportunity to make money that will keep your family okay forever. Why F it up by smoking weed or why F it up by acting like a, like a fool? You know what I mean? And it's like for him, it's like I understand where he's coming from. So when Stephen A talks about players sometimes in certain aspects, he doesn't talk about their personality and who they are. He, talk about, he talks about their play. That's it. He talks about both. Well, depends he, on the situation. Depends on the situation. A, he takes a lot of shots at people's personality and stuff, and not not discredit because that's his. I mean, quote unquote, his job. But I'm saying, do you think sometimes he takes it too far in the way he addresses people? Um, yes, but what I yes he does. But I'll say that what I appreciate about him is that he's the type of man he'll go and say to the face. He says the same things that he said on air to Kevin Durant's face. He'll say everything that he needs to say, and that's what I appreciate about him. But what I will say is that, in, to an extent, you're right. He doesn't have. He shouldn't be the one speaking to Kyrie. But the issue with it is that Stephen A. is one of the biggest voices when it comes to basketball. Or in mm-hmm. not, not maybe not necessarily not being the one to speak to him because he could speak to him. Yeah. But using first take as the platform to address the situation, I guess is what I'm getting at. Should that be the platform where you are sitting there calling him out based on your disagreements about how he addressed the certain situation that helps how, us, how black people move forward? How else should he address it then? What can he not? Kyrie, yo, the way you, what you doing, kick shot, that's not flying, bro, this, this, and this. But like, do you think that based on how Kyrie moves now, do you rega- think that Kyrie- Regardless, though, because well, now you just, are you doing it because you actually care, or are you doing it because the ratings are your show? Okay, I can see that point. I can see that. I mean, you, that's you, a- you want, you on the draft night, one of the biggest nights in sports, you sitting here talking about, first take tomorrow morning, I'm addressing this situation to Kyrie, and boy, I hope you're not going to the place that you... Is, is that really how you need to handle the situation? Okay, on in that that's why I said in that in that situation because in my opinion that's like all right I need everybody to go watch first take my ratings are going up I'm gonna dress it the way I dress it this this and this granted he does this a lot but it's just like I feel like there's certain things that you need yeah. to address in a different manner like the Ben Simmons situation it's like all right Ben Simmons this is now about sports and rather a personal issue you feel me yeah and he addressed that because now it's about what's going on in the court not off the court. Yeah, but I mean the thing. What the thing is, what what I'll say is that with that stuff, with that stuff, and what Kyrie's saying, what Kyrie's doing is mm-hmm. that like everything kind of moves together. You get what I'm saying? It's like the media votes for MVP. You get what I'm saying? Media votes for MVP. Media votes for most improved play. They vote for all the awards, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to even when it comes down to even having relationships with the owners, they all have that relationship when it comes down to even a collective bargaining agreement. Yep. Like you doing things like disappearing for three, four weeks at a time. And Ben Simmons making 47, like 40, $30 million yeah, and not ben playing. Simmons, the Ben Simmons joint OD. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, now you put yourself in a position where it's like Kyrie's out here talking the way that he's talking. And now you don't even get to have people, the media on your side to even try to, be a a, a a mask for you to get to be an outlet for you for what you want to say. It's like think about it now. Like I said, Stephen A is the biggest voice in, in basketball. In sports, we all we, yeah, we know that the owners are going to get together and f up all the stuff that Kyrie and Ben Simmons was doing. All that little rest, all that that shit not flying, mm-hmm. and we know it's coming. Mm-hmm. Now, when you see what Kyrie and Ben Simmons did. How you? How are you, as a person who's calling the media peons, telling them to this, that, and the third, how are you going to use any of those people now to go out and say what you need to say to the people that are about to sit here and make y'all work through, through whatever? You don't have to use them. 
I disagree. You don't have to use the media nowadays. Kyrie, and what that's what I'm talking about in, in terms of what he said. He's not, in terms of saying his brand is worth big. If he can go on, just how he just tweeted out those tweets and it caught fire, went trending number one on Twitter. Yeah. He can go on YouTube like a platform like me and you have. And say what he wants to say. Get his point across. He don't have to hit up ESPN. Doesn't have to hit up Barstool. Doesn't have to hit up uh, whatever other outlet it is to get his point across. That's the day and age run. He doesn't necessarily need the media to get his message across. And that's I think I think that's where people kind of get the the uh, get the get, get things wrong in a sense. Like now, it's not like back in the nineties or eighties or early two thousand where it's like. The media or newspaper or whatever is the only way you can be heard or the news stations. The only way you, you have more outlets to do whatever you want to do now. You have outlets to do what you want to do. But what I'm saying is that you need some like you need to be able to maintain certain connections because there's a formal way of you getting to get what you want. Like there's like if you don't play the game with people, people are not going to help you. And I understand you have Twitter, you can do what you can do the stuff that you need to do, but if you not if you're not playing the game to a certain point where you at least have people on your side for when you really do need them, you can call them. How are you supposed to move? Because like I said, this whole CBA thing, I'm I, th- I think he has people on his side personally. Maybe I'm just speaking from the point no, of no, no, I'm speaking of worst case scenario, yo, mm-hmm. you burn every bridge that you have. And I'm saying that with Kyrie, you can't keep burning bridges and moving in the way that you move, and then now come up and then think everybody's going to be cool with you. I can agree with that because you now can't burn bridges. I agree because it's like it's not even because now it's like you don't have the media on your side. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now at this point, whatever happens with the CBA, whenever they decide to make the new agreement, the players are definitely not going to be on your side because you and Ben's, the Nets messed up the season. <laughs> yeah, like you, you, you know what I'm saying? So it's like. You don't have people on your side. You don't even have players to really vouch for you. And that's why I'm saying, when you go back to the bubble situation, think about it. You messed up with Chris Paul. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's the president of the Basketball Players Association. Mm-hmm. He not even going to, he not going to, he not even going to really pull for you either. Facts. You know what I'm saying? So it's uh-huh. like, you kind of isolating yourself to the point where it's like, yo, how am I supposed to move now when now you're going to need people to like at least advocate in a way where it's like, all right, I'll listen to Stephen A. Smith from afar, I'm like, okay, they have a good point. Or I'll listen to Nick Wright or Chris Broussard. You see here calling niggas peons, you calling them this, that, and the third, and it's like, they're not about to help you speak. Well, well I mean, in a sense, well, what about the Charles Barkley and KD situation? Car- well, Car- Charles Barkley called him out, called him a bus rider. He ain't did nothing when he's arguably what, one of the top I mean, yeah. greatest players to ever play the game. But I mean, and then, and then, and then. KD comes back on the net and does his thing, and he got backlash for it. But I mean, my thing is, but my thing is, is that that it's a little bit different because that's strictly it's strictly about sports and play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that that situation, like if KD if KD dropped forty points every game, niggas mm-hmm. not gonna be talking about him. It's just based on his play. Mm-hmm. Like the issue with someone like Kyrie and Ben Simmons is like it's not just about play. It's like it's your play and your off, off the, the field ant- antics, like. Is there's always something with y'all, yep. you know what I mean? And so that's why it's a little bit different. KD can drop a if KD drop average thirty five points a game next year, nobody's gonna talk to him. Crazy, you know yeah, what I'm saying? You're right. You're right. So it's like the issue is Kyrie who chooses when he wants to show up. But when will Kyrie be when Kyrie on the court though, he be not them last three games. Kyrie Kyrie was hooping in the series though. You can't mm-hmm. you can't you cannot give it to him. He Kyrie had ten. Kyrie had ten points. Yeah, one. You talking about one game? He in had series, sixteen though. points the next game. KD didn't KD have sixteen points one game too? But KD also dropped thirty five points before he got swept. Did not Kyrie not drop thirty something points too? Multiple times back to back. No, he didn't. All right, let's look at the stats real quick. He didn't. 
The last, the last, the, <laughs> he dropped like thirty points like the first game and the second game, I believe. No, the second game he was trash. Let's see. Garbage Let's see. time. Garbage time. He was garbage time. He, you like, said garbage time. Garbage, garbage time, time points don't work, bro. Like time at point. the end of the third quarter, that don't count, bro. So he had thirty nine game one. Yeah. Let's see what he had game. He two. was balling. You, you, might, you might be right. I don't know. Let's see. Game two, he had sixteen. Nah, game two is when he had the bad game. You said that. Game, game three, he had like he had like 15, 20 points. Game three, where's he at? Did he even play game three? Oh, that's not the right one. Uh, yeah. And in game four, how many did he have? Yeah, he had like twenty points, but he made the, he made those last points in garbage time. He had. You said garbage time points. Yeah, like twenty, twenty three. Yeah, you right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He did not play. He did not play the way he was he supposed had the to play. Game. Yeah. So it's like he, he was not hooping the way that he needed to hoop. Yeah, and they try to blame it like on on like fasting and stuff like that. Which is fair. Which is fair to an extent. Yeah, to but an extent, to an extent. But I seen Bilal, I just seen Bilal Muhammad just put somebody to sleep in MMA and he he also was fasting. Yeah, so I, he was training with that and he yeah, so, so I So so this this brings me to one of our final questions of the episode and I was talking to one of my old heads that I know in the, when I seen in the gym and he he's a Sixers fan. He was t- he's telling me about just talking about the Toronto series, and then you talking about like Kyrie, Ben Simmons, even KD, and just all the new age athletes. Do you think yeah. we're at a point where athletes have so much freedom now that it's affecting the on court play and what's going on with the organization that NBA is all about? Yeah, like the stars are tapping into their star power. That's just that's the reality of the situation. But are, do you think it's affecting the actual game though? Like what people come to see and watch. Like you have Ben Simmons sitting on the bench. People come yeah. to watch Kyrie. You have like yeah. LeBron or whatever it is, like not playing every game. Or it is affecting. It is affecting the game. That's why I said like. That's why I keep bringing like whatever these owners are about to bring together. It's like the players are not going to be effing with it. That's what I'm saying. Like as somebody who's the pre- vice president of the Basketball Players Association. Mm-hmm. You can't move in a way that's about to f things up because now you but like it's not it's not we might have another lockout. I was bro. about to say, do you think another lockdown would come? Because I think I think we might have another lockout. I think a lot of just based on what I'm seeing now, I don't think the newfound power of the athlete is bad, but I think it could go one way or another depending if they understand how to use their leverage in the right way rather than the wrong way. I think like what Ben Simmons is doing, like using like the mental health, whatever, whether it's like, I don't, if he really does have it, which I don't know if he does or not, but if he doesn't, he's using that as a ploy just because he knows he can do it and get away with it. I think that's wrong. Yeah. That's basically what he did. But other people using that as leverage to get more money to get in a better situation and actually want to play. I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah, no, definitely. I just, um, the star power situation is just what it is. They tap it into their star power. People mm-hmm. specifically come to games to watch them play. Mm-hmm. And that's just what it is. It's like you've seen how the Sixers, everybody's excited about because we got another star. You get what I'm saying? And it's like that's just what it is. And so for, for the players now, because they understand they're the star, they can move the way that they want to move because mm-hmm. when a star wants to do something, they go and do it because they affect the room. Like when James Harden was in Houston, that, that drone messed up the room. Like when he was in Brooklyn, he didn't want to play. It messed up the room. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so you just got to understand that. That's was like, James Harden the problem? Or was Kyrie the problem in Brooklyn? I mean, to be honest with you, I think it was really Kyrie. I think that James Harden, James Harden is everybody know. I think that James Harden is moving to a point where he's trying to change his game, and I think that we are all still expecting him to be the super dominant. 40 point game person and I don't think that he he has all that in him all the time anymore yeah you see I, I, you can see him aging a little bit yeah because even when I was watching the last few games like 
don't know. Like it's I don't know if it's because um Joel is their guy, so he's just in that in that space. I don't know. I I, I can't tell what it is. I just I feel like just, he hasn't found his groove because he got because he got hurt. Yeah, I know that, but I'm just saying though. Like I still feel like he. If you're a scorer, you're gonna score. Like when he went to when he went to Brooklyn, he was still getting buckets. You feel me? But it's like now he wants like it feels like he's having a little more difficult time getting what he was getting in the past. It's probably because he's out there shopping with little baby, but <laughs> like he. But I, I just think it's because he he's hurt and he's not trying to get hurt like that no more. Yeah. And I just think that at that point, like he, that's why I think he's moving into trying to be a distributor because like he began like his 13, 14 mm-hmm. assists. You know what I'm saying? His 15. He wants to be a third scoring option, but he wants to be the primary primary ball handler. What's, what's, what's your favorite series right now that you've been tuning into? It's definitely, it's definitely the Grizzlies, yeah, the, the Timberwolves. Grizzlies them, niggas, Timberwolves them, niggas, crazy. them niggas is crazy. You, you like Anthony Edwards or Ja better? I mean, I like Ja. Ja's my nigga. Yeah, I like Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards Anthony Edwards has that essence where the niggas not stopping me, but Ja Morant is that he, he's just like, I'm that nigga. You feel me? Yeah. So it's like, I have for that. Anthony Edwards, boy, he began... I I, can, I don't know. I, like, I think I like right now. I like Ja just a little better. Yeah. But and I like Anthony Edwards' game, bro. Just the way he, it's just so nonchalantly smooth. Like, yeah, he's a very smooth just, player. Yeah. Just rise up and it's like he's real, 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 real nice. He's yeah. the, the league gonna be in good hands, bro. Yeah, the league, the, the future of the NBA, Tatum, all of them. Nuts. Like Tatum. Okay, since we're here, <laughs> I can officially say now that Jason Tatum has arrived. He is a hundred percent. He he's a he he's a superstar now. He he brought he single handedly brought somebody to their play. That's my requirement for for steps to being a superstar. You have to be able to bring. You have to single handedly be able to bring your team to another round of the playoffs. And I think he's done that. So we can. He's like he's definitely superstar level now. So I don't. Yeah. I have no complaints. Yeah, no complaints. I agree. I think I think he's going to be one of the faces of the league for sure. Definitely, I think the league's in good hands, but. That's all I got for today, man. You got anything else for this episode? Nah, man. That's it. Well, you know what it is. Episode 86 of the Face of the Future podcast. It's your boy, Mills. It's your boy, man. Some moves. Peace. Peace.